This time, on episode 435 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we talk the Miss Marvel Disney Plus Season 1 Episode 6 episode, No Normal, and weekly Marvel news, including Emmy nomination and casting news for Ironheart and Loki, plus your feedback. I'm Chris Farrell from the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast, a wacky weekend morning show, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out right now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and the opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Now it's time for a scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Michelle. I'm Agent Chris. And I'm producer of the show, Director S.P. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Comic Book Universes as told on screen by a small little independent company called Marvel Studios. This show is recorded on Saturday, July 16th, 2022, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast New Jersey-wide. Come and join our live chat as we record. If you didn't already catch it over the last minute, minute and a half, we love talking about Marvel. Because the secret is nutmeg. I don't know why. <laughs> you got him. You got him at nutmeg. I don't know why that one was so funny. It was. It's the cookies. It's the they're good cookies. If you'd like to talk to us about your favorite nutmeg recipe, head on over to our website, legendsofshield.com. You can tell us what your favorite cookie recipe is by leaving us a voicemail, 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. If you have some funny pranks involving nutmeg, maybe you should share them with us over on Twitter and tag us at Legends of Shield. You can find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash gunnageek. If you want to argue with us about just the greatness of nutmeg versus cinnamon, head on over to our Discord server at gunnageek.com slash Discord. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the gunnageek.com network and lover of cookies. Mmm, cookies. Now I want cookies. Hey, everyone. Agent Lauren wanted to be with us. She was actually with us Thursday night. She was with us earlier this morning. Unfortunately, she's experiencing technical difficulties, so she won't be here this week. We're hoping to have her back next week. And I'll blame her one bit. I mean, when you move, when you take your entire podcast studio down and then you move it across the country and you form it back up, things are bound to go wrong. That's just how things roll. In the meantime, we are going to be talking about the finale of Ms. Marvel. Ms. Marvel Episode 6 premiered on Disney Plus Wednesday, July 13th, 2022. The episode was titled No Normal. The IMDb description reads, back in Jersey, Kamala finds Cameron and protects him from damage control who will stop at nothing to take him in. Chris, who was the director for this episode? We actually had a pair of directors making a director team on this episode. Adil and Bilal. 
They have 14 directing credits starting back in 2011. A couple episodes of Snowfall, a couple episodes of Soil, Batgirl, which is in post-production stuff, and a couple episodes of Miss Marvel here. All right, I think they did a good job here. Michelle, who wrote the episode? Well, we have a trio because we have a story by and teleplay by. First, the story and teleplay is by Will Dunn. We have one writing credit for Will starting in 2022, which is this episode of Miss Marvel. Will was also the story editor for two other episodes of Miss Marvel. Teleplay, first person up is AC Bradley, has six writing credits starting in 2005. 20 episodes of Troll Hunters, Tales of Arcadia, that's the teleplay. Three below, Tales of Arcadia, six times teleplay, six times story by. Five episodes of What If? And three episodes of Miss Marvel teleplay. We have the teleplay second person, Matthew Chauncey. We have four writing credits starting in 2018. Three below, Tales of Arcadia, 26 staff writer, eight times story by, eight times teleplay by. Five episodes of What If, and three episodes of Miss Marvel doing the teleplay. We got one of those big trio things on an episode again. Yeah, and AC Bradley and Matthew Chauncey work well together as a team. Of course, they did the What If series, which AC Bradley was the showrunner for, and Matthew Chauncey was the basically a head writer for that as we covered What If series last year in 2021. I think they work well together, and I'm glad that they were brought in on this. I did get some of their fingerprints especially in this episode when we were in the high school and i enjoy anything that those two are brought in on by the way bisha k ali is the miss marvel showrunner now we have something we've been doing for at least a year now i think here on legends of shield where we have an exclusive you can't get it anywhere else you have to come here And it is our Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. synopsis of what happens in the episode. So everybody is on the same page of what happened, and we don't have to repeat ourselves during the episode. So, Michelle, why don't you kick us off? What happened here in No Normal? We learned that the events with Cameron occurred after the arrest when Kamala left for Pakistan. The two parallel stories come together when Kamala comes home and learns Bruno is missing and that the corner circle queue has been destroyed. Muniba just can't keep a secret. Yusuf likes to take calls on speaker. So Kamala's big reveal about being Nightlight isn't quite as impressive as she wanted it to be as she's hurried along needlessly. I mean, it was a great apology. The family is proud of her and they want her to be careful out there and wear protection. And talking about protection, mom makes Kamala her super suit, at least buys it in Pakistan. I'm not sure which at this point. Kamala has air travel mastered, even stopping at the red light. But why is beyond some sort of strange New York knowledge? It could be because her driving skills aren't so great. I'm not sure. She was at least 20, 25 feet off the ground. So I don't know why she had to stop, but she did. Bruno and Cameron go to the mosque, but Nakia has to think quickly to get them out and to the school, which is empty on a Saturday. Really? A high school empty on a Saturday? I mean, no sports tournaments, no stage choir sing-offs, or maybe a Stark Tech science fair? Nothing? Anyway, Nakia and Sheik Adula are successful. Adula gives them words of advice and, honestly, lousy disguises because no one noticed and any of the Avengers or Moon Knight in one of these disguises. Let's see, there was Winter Soldier, 
There was Captain America. There was Black Widow. Yeah, there was a lot of people. More than that. Anyway, however, Cameron's inability to control his powers gets damage control back on their trail anyway. Kamala calls Kareem for help getting Cameron out of town. They arrive at the school. Kamala apologizes to Nakia. With the clock ticking, Kamala, Cameron, Nakia, Bruno, and Amir decide to follow Kamala's plan, which involves red hoodies, fire extinguishers, softballs, cool science, and Zoe's social media mojo. Agent Cleary realizes that attacking the school is bad press. Agent Deaver goes against orders and has the troops storm in. The troops are fooled by a radio and a disco ball, and what did they do to you, damage control? They're misdirected because everyone is wearing red hoodies and obscuring vision with the fire extinguishers, and they're blocked by furniture, and they're hit with softballs, and they're engulfed in foam, and Zoe calls all of her followers into action. Kamala and Cameron hide in an office. Their powers react to each other as they're holding hands, and Bruno interrupts a possible kiss. Bruno, Nakia, Amir, and Zoe get caught by damage control. Kamala tells Cameron the truth about Najma. Cameron's angry and just got powers, so he has the urge to attack Teen Angst, my favorite type of superpower movie. Outside, Damage Control attacks Cameron, and Kamala protects him. The crowd wants Damage Control to stop. Kamala begins. Kamala stops a car Cameron threw from landing on the crowd. Cameron unleashes his power, creating lines of hardened might, threatening to hurt many. Kamala gets to him and creates a dome. Kamala tells Cameron that Najma chose him. Cameron regrets his actions. Kamala tells him that there is no more normal for them. Kamala buys Cameron time to get to the docks. The crowd surrounds Kamala, protecting her from damage control. Kamala steps overhead and gets away since none of the damage control people have learned to shoot up apparently because this is a Super Nintendo first-person shooter. Agent Cleary chews out Agent Deaver. Deaver leaves. After the events, people go on social media to tell their versions of the events and celebrate the awesomeness of Kamala. During a rooftop conversation on a roof that is clearly not designed to shed rain or snow, it's not sloped appropriately, Yusuf and Kamala have a heart-to-heart. Yusuf explains how she has saved lives. Here's a montage of the events, including Cameron's arrival in Pakistan and meeting Kareem. Yusuf explains that Kamal means perfect in Arabic, and wonder and marvel in Urdu. Kamala is thrilled to have the same name as Carol Danvers. Yusuf calls her Ms. Marvel. Kamala leaves, and we see Yusuf's reaction. Magic. Absolute magic. We get the shot of Ms. Marvel on the streetlight, which Chris has had in the background since we started. One week later, Nakia, Kamala, and Bruno debate who gets Cameron's car. Bruno has decided to go to Caltech. Bruno tells Kamala that she has a mutation that her other family members don't. After the credits, Kamala is in her bedroom. The bangle glows and suddenly Captain Marvel appears. We know this event will likely be resolved in the Marvels. All right, some exciting stuff happened in this episode. Michelle, what did you think when you first saw it? They stuck the landing. They actually stuck the landing. I don't know if I agree. Like, I feel like this needs more story right now and not whenever the next thing comes out. And unless the next thing is She-Hulk, it's going to be too long. Aside from the, pardon the pun now, please, sophomoric 
style home alone defenses at the high school. This episode wasn't nearly as good as the penultimate, but was still a decent finale. In my opinion, I guess we're going to have to talk about it a little bit. And I've heard, I've read a little bit online. I think I understand where Chris is coming from and we'll get to that in a second. But what we wanted to start talking about in the episode was that special family event. You get the whole family in the living room. You have this family announcement, this family meeting, and somebody's got a big announcement. You know, normally it's like a pregnancy or an engagement or somebody got into the appropriate college or is moving across country or something like that. Some big announcement like that. And what we get is Kamala trying to explain her powers to everybody. She's actually coming clean. But Michelle, what did we get instead? We got that fake surprise because mom told dad and dad likes to talk on speakerphone. Therefore, we had everybody knowing. It reminded me of every time somebody's trying to throw me a surprise birthday party because they fail because I figure it out and then I have to act all surprised about the thing I knew what was happening. So I really felt for Kamala in that moment because her family really weren't very good at acting surprised. Yeah, for me, it reminded me more of just every time that somebody seems to have big news, I, for some reason, I'm able to guess or at least get pretty close. I think my favorite time was over summer vacation once Kaylee got a tattoo. So she calls like, oh, hey, guess what cool thing we did on vacation? I don't know. You got a tattoo? That's a true story. I swear. She was pissed. She wasn't able to surprise me with that. (laughs) That's kind of funny. So one thing about the announcement that I was thinking of is she got rushed through her apologies. And I don't know what to feel about that because on one hand, she's trying to be sincere and apologize. And on the other hand, the family's like, yeah, we don't care. You don't need to apologize. Let's get to what you really want to say because we all know what you're going to say anyway. So I don't know how I feel about her getting cut off at the apology. I don't know if it was necessary. And I think it was necessary, but I think it was the family's way of saying we don't need to hear it. I don't know. I'm curious what you guys think about that part. It was a nice change from the way in the comics you just all of a sudden in a chase scene which also happened to be in the school you have muniba telling kamala oh yeah i've known you were miss marvel for a while and i just didn't say anything so obviously you couldn't really do that here because they didn't set up that kind of possibility but i like that they still had the family knew even if it was for a much shorter time and just let kamala tell them when she was ready to tell them she did apologize for the avenger call i think before i think with like with what happened in the wedding and everything else once mom told dad and amir heard about it i think everyone was able to you know one plus one equals two in this situation and they're like oh she had superpowers and things were happening and this is why okay, that's why she's sorry. It's like they predict, they already knew why she was sorry before she had to say she was sorry. Okay. And Chris, they, I don't think they knew for a long period of time, maybe a day, maybe two days. Cause you have to a lot for travel back from Pakistan. Yeah, but it's still time. So, okay. 
Well, along the lines here at the end of the same meeting, basically Kamala gets her super suit, which is in a box came over from Pakistan. I'm still unclear on whether Kamala's mom actually made it or bought it. I wasn't sure because there was a comment on, oh, made in Pakistan, but that doesn't mean necessarily it wasn't her mom that made it. So I don't know. The headcanon, her mom made it. At least her mother designed it. Maybe had part of it made herself. Perhaps had a team. She did talk about a tailor when she was giving out gifts at the beginning of the episode. If Maneva didn't make all of it herself, she definitely designed it herself and she probably had a hand in tailoring it because she would need to know, she would know her daughter's size. She was definitely part of the making process. And we've already seen the skills of her costume making with the Hulk costumes from the beginning, but did you catch what kind of box it was too? No. Toffee. It was the toffees. (laughs) Big toffee box. Which really makes me think Muniba, if she didn't make the entire thing, then she had people help her so she could make sure it got done fast enough. Okay, so we also have, as you alluded to before, Yusuf and the Sheik came in. I had predicted or wanted them to be a big part of this finale because they weren't really a part of the previous two episodes. And they were a big part of this series, even though they weren't in all the episodes. The acting ability for both of them, the presence that they had on screen, I think it was a big additive to this entire series. Series definitely focused more on the family than Kamala's friends. And I think maybe that's part of your issue, Chris. But let's stick with Yusuf and the Sheik here. I think they came through, even though they had smaller parts, I think they came through and gave gravitas to the episode. Yeah, just the way that they were telling Agent Devers, you need to actually respect our space and our religion, and we're not going to just give people up, and you could be describing anybody here, and the way that they were able to help Kamala out, and just the entire sense of communal family that everybody had for Kamala there, I think might have been my favorite part of the episode. Kamala's relationship with Yusuf at the apology revelation scene, he expressed his concern about her going out and basically that whole hero danger. And she reminded him that you've taught me that when I can help people, I should help people. And the conversation on the roof, code or up, not up to code, was beautiful. And I love the Khan family. I love that we have a superhero with a family. You can have a mother, a father, and a sibling. And still be a superhero. Take note, everyone else. So let's let me have my balcony moment right here, because I was looking at the roof there that they were having the conversation on, and it was a different roof that was in like the first episode or whatever. It was definitely flattened so that they could sit on it and not have to roll off, basically, and you know, be a little safer. I understand why, but it was noticeable to me. They tried to hide it, but it was noticeable to me. It was a flat roof versus a canted roof. So That was the balcony moment there. And then also, do any of you, I don't know if you do or not, but do any of you have somebody in your life 
that uses their phone on speaker all the time. So it ends up in a bunch of oversharing and you're like, I am trying to get my stuff done. And I, all I'm paying attention to is this conversation over here. And it's like, turn your phone off a speaker when there's others around, please. And apparently Yusuf does that all the time. He likes the speaker. I like the speaker too. While others are around though? Well, in another room, but there are times when that's the only way I can hear the person. And sometimes my mother hears it. Sometimes she doesn't. Oh, well, because that's the way that Michelle can sometimes, sometimes I need it off speaker. It depends on the connection because I live out in a small town. So I always get one bar whatever you put on that commercial you sell, you know, my company puts on, we have all this coverage. It's like, I never get more than two bars out here. I don't know where this magical coverage it is. You advertise. So sometimes, yeah, I'm the guilty one. I admit it. The only time I ever really experienced that is at work. We all use the intercom mode on the phones when we call each other in the office. That's about it. When I can't hear somebody on the phone, I look for my earbuds and put my earbuds in and they work a lot better for me than speaker, but I could see somebody needing to hear a little bit better through speaker. So yeah, maybe Yusuf has a hearing problem and that wasn't explored. Okay. Well, since we're on family, let's just jump right to it. At the very end of the episode was this quasi revelation. I don't even know what to think about it. And I'm surprised it's taken us so long to talk about it right now in the episode here. But the word mutation was used. And it wasn't just that, because in humans have mutations. It was the 92 X-Men theme that played in the background right when he said mutation. So this brings up a big controversy of inhumans versus mutants. And is Kamala a mutant or an inhuman or what's going on? So, Chris, what do you think about this and what do you know? This has so much weirdness going with it. You've got the 92 X-Men theme, which I somehow missed. And I can never forgive myself for that. Combined with the both groups have mutations, combined with something that I just learned yesterday, so I'm glad we're recording this late. And what I have heard was that originally they wanted Kamala to be a mutant anyway in the comics, and Marvel said, no, you've got to make her an inhuman because we want her to be tied to inhuman stuff because of rights issues and everything. So, assuming that is true, which one do you think is more accurate to the character now? Because you have what actually happened in the comics versus what they wanted to have happen in the comics. As we said, we don't know much about Kamala's father's side of their family. Genetics. Okay, I'm going to try to, I teach biology, so I'm trying to not go into like a four-hour thing with genetics. There are some things that have a simple like dominant recessive inheritance pattern, but then you have polygenic things like height, eye color, hair color. It's very, things like that. It's why if you've got two shorter or averaged height people and they all of a sudden they have like tall kids it's like well if you go back 
you can see it happens in my family. It was like they have, you know, average and then all of a sudden they're tall. And it's like, well, if you go back, my grandfather was really tall. So, of course, he's going to be, you know, he just inherited that particular combination of genes. Amir wanted to know if he could be super like his sister. And we need an explanation because Amir and Mala are siblings. We don't know the history of Kamala's father's side. We don't know the history of Sana's, you know, who we didn't, why that episode was beautiful. Aisha married, you know, a man who we don't know his genetic background. It allows for a lot of things to happen or not happen. I don't mind that it's a mutation. It helps explain some things because Cameron is also a descendant of a clandestine. We don't know who his father is. And he was able to be activated with the energy sent from his mom. Does he have that mutation as well? Does it come from a clandestine sort of deal? And you have to have a a particular mate with a certain set of genes to make sure this mutation happens. I find it fascinating. I'm not disappointed at all. I don't think it was intrusive or cumbersome. I liked when he said mutation and we heard the X-Men music because we have been speculating for months, maybe a year, but how are they going to bring the mutants in? Because they got to find a way. And there you have it. I'm a biology teacher. I know how to dispose of bodies. I had no idea you had that. I have a few things. It's okay. Do it. Yeah. Having Kamala be the first official mutant in the MCU, I can see as broiling some people the wrong way. But on the other hand, this is a new mutants. It's a new MCU. I could see how they wanted to change it up a little bit and introduce things a little bit more softly like hey look we have these things going on and here's it although i will say maybe i just misspoke because we did have professor xavier from universe 858 i believe it was in dr strange so i guess maybe that is the first official mutant i don't know how do you want to count deadpool he's not officially in the mcu yet Mm, good call so, yeah, that would be interesting. Like, in the end, who turns out to be a mutant? Like, maybe Photon, maybe she's a mutant. I know she got her powers one way, but maybe she was able to get her powers because she was already a mutant. I don't know. We'll see how it all pans out and who really was the first mutant in the MCU. Not in Marvel comics, but first mutant in the MCU. Another thing that I'm just going to call out for this episode right now is the fact that Kamala's friends, Nakia in particular, Zoe as well, they were hardly used. Now, they were used. It's only six episodes, and they had the whole have to go back to Pakistan and in partition. But they weren't really used. And I think I've heard some criticism that it would have been better to have this first season be the whole Nakia Zoe sort of high school thing and then branch out after that. But 
then we wouldn't have gotten that wonderful story with Aisha and Partition and Hassan in Pakistan. So I'm not sure totally what to think about this, but I can say I think there were a little underutilized, at least in my opinion. And Chris, I think maybe that is part of your criticism as well. No, I'm actually relatively fine with this part. Any time that you spend with Kamala's friends, you have to take away some family time. And yeah, I wish that they would have had more of the friend time there, but I don't want to lose any of the family time that we got because of that lack of friend time. I like the friend time. Would I have liked more? Sure. We were able to experience Kamala in different ways. We are not the same all the time. Here you're getting podcasts, Michelle. I interact with my mother in a different way. I interact with other people a different way. If we only got family time, then we would just see Kamala as the daughter, as a sister. With her friends, we got to see teenage, a little bit rebellious, trying to figure out who she is, Kamala. We were able to get multiple sides. We also were able to experience the cultural part, especially that conversation Nakia and Kamala had in the restroom about the, you know, the hijab and wearing makeup. And, and social media also played a role throughout this series. And it made sense. We had that whole, when Zoe was like saved at AvengerCon, you know, brought up her follower numbers. And then when we had it Eid, we got phones recording that incident. And at the end where Zoe was just, I understand that Kamala needs to tell everybody who she is when she's ready. And that part of the big plan was Zoe's followers. Again, tied that up from the beginning. It's one of those things that, that was mentioned that, was part of the story that came back because if all of a sudden there was Zoe and she's like calling our followers and we don't have that high school moment, those weird high school moments, we wouldn't probably have believed it. But because we had those nice high school interactions, when Zoe comes along and calls her followers into action, it brought things together. Well, talking about bringing things together, let's talk about bringing the villains together. So who, were the villains here? Was it Najma? Was it Deaver? I mean, who were the villains of this whole thing? Uh, did we really get one? Mm, that's the whole problem. You spent so much time with the clandestine getting treated as the villains, but I don't think you can really have what we were told about them for the most part anyway, and know that they're a villain. Like, essentially what we were told was they were banished but we don't know why. And they're trying to get home and they need Kamala's help. Now, Najma did go and kill people. The other ones did go and try to kill people. That part is obviously bad, but sometimes good guys kill people too. It happens up until you get to the final boss. And then all of a sudden I can't kill you because killing your henchman is fine, but I can't kill you. And I, that logic kind of blows my mind every time, but we don't know really what's going on with clandestine here and good people can be banished 
because the people banishing them are the bad guys. We have no idea. On the other side of things, we have damage control, who obviously don't respect the religious freedoms of the mosque, multiple times wear shoes into the worship area, just barge into there. You have Deavers blowing up a school, not caring what happens to these children as she's trying to capture people, not listening to her superiors, and really everybody up until that point just being relatively cool with what damage control is doing. And I think either one of them would have made a good villain for the series. Either one of them would have made like a little B or C plot villain for the series, but we really needed one of them to be the main villain because this part of it made me feel like they had a much longer story and had to cut it down to fit the six-episode format because somebody two years ago decided this was going to be a six-episode show. My point is always has been, what's the point of the series? You don't need necessarily a villain. You need obstacles. You need antagonists. The protagonist needs antagonists. Antagonist does not always equal villain. The title of this show is Miss Marvel. This is a journey of Kamala becoming Miss Marvel. What obstacles she's had to have. We briefly learned that, that the clandestines want to break the veil in order to have the Noor spill out and take over everything. What actually was important from that is Kamala's connection to family. This has been her discovering herself, discovering how to trust herself, how to trust her family, how to express herself to her family. Her grandmother talking about the pieces in your life and yes, things might be broken and you don't know how to fix things, but that there might be beauty in the pieces. I see this as the pieces that Kamala needs, Kamala discovers on her journey and how to put these things together. And she has obstacles. She has her conflict with her parents. She has the uneasiness of not telling Nakia what, that she was Miss Marvel and she felt bad about it. She had the not telling Cameron right away with what happened to Najma, delaying that, making Kamen even more emotional. And also he's also in physical pain. And you had Kamala actually is an interesting fight. That last fight, she was both defending herself and Cameron from damage control, but also making sure that they didn't kill anyone from damage control or make sure that everybody in the crowd was safe. This is an evolution of what happened during Eid with the boy, which Amir made a joke about at the beginning of the episode. I just see this as her coming to terms with who she is, discovering who she is, and coming into that. It wasn't like, let's say, Falcon and a Winter Soldier, where I said, you know, the show is about Falcon and a Winter Soldier. But then we had 
Zemo come in and a couple of the episodes were all about like Zemo's thing. And we had big scenes with Zemo. And then we had big scenes with the person who came with U.S. agent. Then we had all these other scenes with the terrorist group. And then we had all these other scenes about the, the somebody even, like, I can't even remember. It was all these like disjointed things. And that's one of the things I've had issues with this show focused on Kamala a lot better, which is why I like the show a lot better than the others. You guys had some really good points in there. And I guess I will probably be watching this series again and figure out really what I think about it from front to end, because we watch it week to week. But I think if I binge it, I will have a different viewpoint of the series and the debate i guess we just had between do we need a main villain or is this all about kamala's journey and setting up her character in universe with characters like bruno and cameron and nakia so we'll see i I mean nakia just seems a lot older than a high schooler in this whole thing there was this endearing scene with nakia in the high school with oh please don't go in there don't hurt him and it was her boyfriend and he's like hey do you have body cam of that i love being called her boyfriend this is awesome so they did have moments in there which were character building were story building but definitely not antagonist i mean deaver was an antagonist in that particular scene that i was talking about but there was no i agree there's no main antagonist so maybe the series is better without a main antagonist maybe a story doesn't need a main antagonist we don't need an obadiah stain or a thanos in every single thing i don't think i don't know chris what do you think no but you do need something that the story is mainly about and one of the main criticisms that i've seen now that the show has wrapped up is that overall a lot of people are thinking that it seems to be more about aisha and less about kamala and just uses kamala as a vehicle for telling aisha's story and that's not something I was picking up on as we were watching it, but hearing that, going back and thinking about everything, once you get past that first or second episode, it seems like a lot of what Kamala does is because you have to show what happened with Aisha, and you have to go back to Karachi so we can get that Aisha connection, and I'm a, it's not something I'm sold on yet, but it's definitely something I'm mulling over. It doesn't even tell the full Aisha story. I mean, we got a wonderful story. I loved episode five and you can't take that away from me, but we don't know why the clandestines were banned. They said they were banned. Why were they banned? Is it because they wanted to overtake the universe and so that they were banned to this universe? I don't know. That was never explained. And the second bangle was never explained. At this moment, it's Chekhov's gun, but it is still out there. The British looted it. It is still available somewhere on the planet. So we need to find that out as well. So I don't think that Aisha's story is completely done with. I sure hope not. Although, you know, since the British looted stuff, we know exactly where the bangle is. It's somewhere in the British Museum system. Yeah, and we've definitely been in the British Museum. Absolutely. All right, we have this huge thing at the high school, 
it was a little bit, as I said in the beginning of the show, a little bit sophomoric, a little bit of home alone-ish, basically. I mean, is the damage control really going to be deterred by a lot of these ruses? And if they are, they come across as incompetent. Incompetent on their deployment strategy, incompetent on their execution strategy, incompetent as to their identification strategy. They had gear on them. They should have been able to see through the smoke with IR sensors on their uh, night vision goggles or whatever. They should have that tech right now. So the whole thing just was like, okay, you're going to delay them and you're going to get caught. But was it really at the MCU level, that little scene there? What do you mean by not being at the MCU level? I mean, it's a bunch of stuff against a government organization that shouldn't have been effective against a government organization that specifically is there to counter superhumans. Nah, so here's the thing. She says, she Deaver said, bring them in, but bring them in non-lethally because I want to have them alive as I dissect them to figure out what they are. So you have them going up a bu- with a bunch of kids there was a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode about certain scenes being disturbing that was the violence against the kids against the non-superhero kids i thought this plan was on par with her plan to get to avenger con again bringing something back from before but this plan was better I like that she has her own Scooby gang. I'm a big Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. And one of the favorite parts of that is the Scooby gang. And here she has her own like little Scooby gang forming. She's, you know, all of her friends coming together. Knowing that it was just a delay tactic. When you know your purpose is to delay and not to conquer or something. I just enjoyed this. I have watched this finale three times. I enjoy, it seems as though I enjoyed it a lot better than the two of you. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. It wasn't my favorite finale. And like I said, the episode five was better than episode six, but I did enjoy it. I don't know, Chris, did you enjoy it or not? I really did enjoy this one, despite all the negative things that I'm bringing up. I really did enjoy it. Like, I have to imagine that if you're going into a school and you're seeing something that you think is a bomb, you're going to kind of stop and figure out if that thing is actually a bomb. If you have kids throwing a bunch of softballs at you, especially with the pitching machines like that, getting hit by softballs is not fun, no matter if you're wearing the body armor or not. Like, yeah, they should have been able to see who everybody was a lot easier than they did because they have more than just human eyeballs that they can do that with. But it's kind of going to disorient you a little bit when you've got four or five people running around dressed exactly the same. None of them, besides Amir, are like a vastly different size from each other. So you've got that little bit of hesitation there where, okay, how many do you have? Am I seeing the same one two, three times in a row? Am I seeing four different people? What's up with this random taller one? It's going to throw people off, and just the fact that they were using it as the delay tactic there, I think, works out really well. 
And one of the control agents said, what, he can multiply now? And that's another thing. They were dealing with unknown entities. Could this individual split apart? And does each one of them have their own set of powers? When you're dealing with such a big unknown, because they have superpowers, I think there's a layer that we don't understand because we don't live in a world with superpowered beings and taking them down as an extra layer of danger that we don't experience. And on top of that, you're dealing with kids and kids can be stupid. Kids do not have fully formed brains. Their plan is not necessarily going to be logically like something that just fascinates me is that if you get a chess grandmaster, you can get them to lose. I mean, not a lot of the times, but way more often than they should, you can get them to lose to people who are just beginning in chess because the beginner has no idea what they're doing. So there's no logic to their moves. You can't plan around something that you can't figure out what's going on with them. And that's a large part of what's happening with damage control here versus this little Scooby gang. All right. The Scooby gang has been mentioned several times here. I did enjoy the plan. I did enjoy the chalkboard, the color chalkboard of the drawings and stuff like that. There's just a little bit of believability about the time limit that it takes to draw all that elaborate artwork while you're making a plan while they're setting up to storm the palace, basically. And there's a really slow scene about them gathering softballs along the way. There's a little bit of time urgency that was lost in the planning right before the attack that we didn't see damage control setting up outside for a very long time. So the timeline, I think, was a little bit skewed, but okay. I did enjoy the episode. I just <laughs> had a little bit of problems with the high school. They all picked up Muniba's fast food packing powers, or Muniba hopped over real quick and just did it all fast, and they showed it in slow motion for them, which was normal motion for us. I could see that. She, she's, uh, uh, she's the mutant that has the ability to go really fast, right? Then is able to uh, get back and forth. That's why she sent Yusuf as a, or um, Amir as a, as a ruse, right? It's like she's actually doing everything, and Yusuf is the, uh, or not Yusuf, I keep saying Yusuf, Amir is the person that's just the, the patsy the stand-in for the whole thing okay maybe all right i am going to rewatch this it's going to be fun for me to rewatch this i'm going to rewatch hawkeye as well probably not going to rewatch moon knight we established that when we covered moon knight probably rewatch wandavision definitely going to have to rewatch what if just because i think it's got a lot more meaning behind it now than it did when it first came out and I might even rewatch Falcon and the Winter Soldier because it's going to have things about it in future works as well. Loki, it's going to be coming up. I don't know if I'm going to rewatch it, but it's probably worth a rewatch in the background. Probably not my top. This is my favorite Disney Plus series so far. I said it before, this episode being a little bit of a down a level from the penultimate episode i don't think changes that this is still my favorite disney plus series yeah i think this and hawkeye are 1a and 1b for me yeah this one yeah hawkeye i enjoyed hawkeye yeah and wandavision 
I know when the new Captain America comes out, I have to watch Falcon and the you know, Winter Soldier again. Probably. And you can't get away from that training montage. That training montage was just cherry for you, Michelle. Oh, of course. Yes. <laughs> Do either of you two have any final thoughts on Miss Marvel? We got the shot, Chris. We got it. Yes. You had it all along, right behind your head. And we got in big in. And I like how they did it. She puts the light around her and she makes an outfit basically that makes her taller. Because if you notice there was this great close up, you saw her arm, but then you saw the the light energy, the nor coming out and being the bigger hand. I think it's great that she was able to control her power enough to embiggen herself. Those of us who have read the comic are a little bit like, ooh, we got the embiggen. Ooh, we got this. This is nice little touches. But you know what we're missing from the comic, though, is something that I really wish they would have slipped in. We're missing our big slobbery lockjaw friend. All they would have needed to do was pop in, grab her, pop back out. You need like five seconds. Good to go. Well, we, we did get a pop-in moment at the very end with Carol Danvers. I mean, I hate to say I called it, but I kind of did. Kind of did not. I wanted Carol Danvers to interact with Kamala. That didn't happen. Well, I guess technically it kind of did. Anyway, you got Kamala uh, leaving. She, the bangle was powered up and she got thrown into her closet through the closet door man yusuf you're gonna have to change that door out i'm sorry man and then carol danvers is standing there in a room in a shrine to carol danvers is this our universe carol danvers is this 616 carol danvers or is this like the nor universe carol danvers is this carol danvers from another universe like 858 or something like that i don't know but we get carol danvers that's awesome it's not how I thought we were going to get her, but I'll take it. Me too. It definitely sets up the Marvels coming up, which it's unfortunate because that's, I want to say late 2023, at least summer 2023, that Miss Mar- that the Marvels is coming out. So we're going to have to wait a while for this. And who knows where Kamala went? Did she trade places with Carol Danvers? If so, she could be in a lot of trouble right now. She could be in space. Maybe Carol Danvers had the other bangle and the bangles were interacting between each other. Who knows? I can't wait. Yeah, so we did get that little bit. Uh, Brie Larson did not have a lot of acting, but matter of fact, she looked really surprised. In the middle of filming Miss Marvels, I, I would have to go back and take a look at the filming schedule. I'm pretty sure this was before they started filming Miss Mar or The Marvels. So... I don't know if they called her back for it or if they started her off on this or what happened as far as the timing, but definitely good to see her on the screen in costume, sort of speak. All right, that's it for our coverage for Miss Marvel. We're looking forward to She-Hulk next, which is in just a few weeks. But in the meantime, we will be covering X-Men, the animated series. We're going to be starting season four, episodes one through three, as shown on Disney Plus. So just go to the Disney Plus, go to season four. Those are the three episodes that we'll be covering next time. In the meantime, we do have some interesting Marvel Studios news to get to. 
Well, first up, we have Emmy Award news. The Marvel Cinematic Universe came through with 19 nomination in its second year at the Primetime Emmy Awards. The breakdown for this year's MCU Emmy nominations includes three for What If, animated program, and two for character voiceover performance, Jeffrey Wright as The Watcher and the late Chadwick Boseman for his turn as Star-Lord T'Challa. Moon Knight 8 includes cinematography for a limited or anthology series or movie, fantasy sci-fi costumes, music composition for a limited anthology series, movie, or special, character voiceover performance for F. Murray Abraham, sound editing for a limited or anthology series, movie, or special, sound mixing for a limited or anthology series, movie, or special, and stunt coordination for a drama series, limited, or anthology series. Loki 6 include production design for a narrative period or fantasy program, cinematography for a single camera series, fantasy sci-fi costumes, music composition for a series original main title, theme music, and sound editing for a comedy-slash-drama series. Hawkeye's two nominations are in stunt coordination for a comedy series or variety program and stunt performance. So all of these nominations are below the line, unlike last year where we had some which are called above the line. Those are the actors because we did have acting nominations for WandaVision last year. But this year, no traditional acting. We got the voice acting nominations, but not the... We didn't get Tom Hiddleston as Loki nominated, that sort of deal. Or Oscar Isaac either. Nope. Which that one kind of surprises me a little. It doesn't. It's a tough field. But he did get nominated for something else. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to use Moon Knight character or not. I would hope that they would, but we talked about that before. I don't know if Oscar is going to reprise the role or not in the future. And also Tom Hiddleston, I don't know, has he ever won an award for playing Loki? He should have if he hasn't. It's just such a good match of character and acting there. I'm looking at the Chad Boswick nomination. I don't see him not winning that posthumously. I just don't, even though there might have been better performances in the What If series, I just think Chadwick Boseman is probably going to win that because at this point, I think it's the only way to award him for his performance in the MCU, which was awesome. Indeed. And now it's time for the program to go to our special Disney Plus correspondent, Chris. Chris, what's going on in Disney Plus? Well, in Ironheart news, I can't do that mid-Atlantic thing. In Ironheart news, Alden Ehrenrich is the latest to join the cast of the Marvel series. Solo star Alden Ehrenrich is set for a key role in Marvel's Ironheart series for Disney Plus. It's going to star Dominique Thorne as Riri Williams, a genius inventor and creator of the most advanced suit of armor ever since that Iron Man guy, whoever he is. And Anthony Ramos is going to be on board for this as well. Shanaka Hodge was recently tapped as a head writer for the series and first announced as being in development during Disney's Investor Day presentation in December 2020. It's unknown who Aaron Rich is going to be playing in the series, though. I don't have any ideas right now. I don't have any ideas either. You know, the comic is so wide open. It could be just 
just about anybody. I don't know what kind of story that they're looking into for Ironheart. I don't know which run of the comics that they're going to, or maybe they're going to go off on their own thing as well. I just, I don't know. So we'll have to wait and see. But we also have some Loki news. Raphael Casal has joined season two of the series. A rep for Marvel declined to comment, but word of Casal's casting started trickling out when a photo of him from the set of season two leaked online. It features Casal walking alongside Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson, who are also both back reprising their roles as the anti-hero Loki and Mobius, respectively. Details about Casal's character are being kept under wraps. Online speculation includes a hypothesis that he could be playing Zaniac. I don't know who that is, but the name sounds fun. I'm all for it. Same. Yeah, I'm unfamiliar with that name as well. It looks like we have a little bit of research to do. So thank you very much for our Disney Plus delve into Deep Dive this week, Chris. We really appreciate it and are looking forward to all the new Disney Plus MCU shows, starting with She-Hulk in just a few weeks. Did I mention that She-Hulk is starting in a few weeks? I don't know. Have you? Have you? I, I, I don't know. Did I hear that correctly? Say that again. She-Hulk. The series from Marvel Studios is starting in a few weeks on Disney+. Plus. Oh, really? I had no clue. I am so surprised. Something to do with the fact that you've actually written our future look at what we're doing. And on the 18th of August, we are scheduled to look into the first episode of She-Hulk. But in the meantime, we will be covering... X-Men the Animated Series, because we're really looking forward to getting that underneath our belts before X-Men 97 comes out. All right, we do have some great input from our audience, so we're going to do that right now. Over on Twitter, we asked our usual question of what is your one word review of the episode? We had at Mr. Paracletes replied mutants with a question mark. Yeah, we kind of discussed that before. I replied marvelous. Wow. Yay. Uh-huh. Woo. Come on. That was a good one. Jeez. And I think. I thought we had another one. Oh, yes, we did from Andy Migna, which is more than one word, but I'll give it to him. Mucho, mucho joy. I agree. I will accept that. Okay. So that's that. And also we ran a poll. I don't know if you two saw, but we ran a poll on will you rewatch Miss Marvel? We had 78.6% of the respondents say yes. We had 14.3% of the respondents say, not my thing. And we had 7% of the respondents says, other reply with why. And there was no reply. So I don't know why somebody would choose other, other than maybe they always choose the third option on any poll. But 78% said, yes, they'll rewatch it. I'll take that. I mean, not every show is going to be for everyone. So I think 78% is a strong yes. Indeed. I think I'm going to wait until the next thing and then I'll rewatch it so that I can watch the next thing right after this and not feel like I'm just dumped in the middle of a story. So the next thing being the Marvels? I don't know if that happens to be the next thing. Yeah. I mean, she could potentially be the next thing. There's a non-zero percent chance of that. 
Well, fair enough. We did get news. I don't know if we talked about it last week or not, but there's news that Jessica Jones will be in She-Hulk. Yeah, there's a rumor that that she's going to be in it. That's just a rumor? It's not confirmed? Not yet. Okay. Well, that's why it's not a news story. All right. What do you think we should do now, Michelle? I think we should suddenly switch places with Captain Marvel. I just hope when I suddenly change spots with Captain Marvel that I'm not actually driving a Nissan in one of her commercials and, you know, crash inadvertently because I don't know what's going on. So I just hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, that would really suck. I hope I'm not floating in space on my way to trying to punch a hole through a spaceship because it'd just be like, boom, and then ding. And then you'd run out of air. Yeah. <laughs> so that would all be bad. All right. Thank you very much to our audience for sticking with us to the end. We really enjoy having you download and watch this episode, our takes on Marvel Studios stuff. We really appreciate it. If you want to join in the discussion as these things are happening, please join us on our Discord server at getageek.com slash Discord. And we can talk in the spoiler channel. And then once the episode comes out, we can talk in the main Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. channel. But we really appreciate your involvement with us as we continue to make these podcasts. Yes, thank you for consuming our product on a regular basis. We always appreciate it. You can also find me on Twitter at Shell underscore Gain. And, you know, I just really want to emphasize the fact that we love the fact that you are putting us in your ear holes, letting us entertain you. And if you want to hear more from me, you can always head on over to playcomics.com, where I suddenly realize that I have a lot of Creator Talk episodes for crowdfunding campaigns that are ending soon. So there's going to be a lot of episodes released real soon. Yeah, maybe more than one a week. We'll see. All right. Until next time, I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Michelle. And I'm Agent Chris, unless I'm Carol Danvers. See everybody next time. Bye. 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 Brie Larson, if you want a podcast with us, please do so. We will switch one of us out. I'll leave and you can come in and be SB for a week. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of Shield, or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. All right, we're out. Woohoo! Good show! I'm so glad I had that Captain Marvel as a background because I didn't have to go find it. (laughs) That was was great. It's like, I have that comic book. I was just looking at the comic book. This morning... Before I came up here, I was uh, putting away all my comics for the week, and I pulled out Miss Marvel, and I was looking at that because it's like on one of the first books that I have.
in the box. Did I go a little bit overboard this week? You saw my poll. How many total books is that? 18, plus I have the 1 in 100 variants of Daredevil number 1 that I still have to get, but they have sitting there waiting for me. How much is that? They're doing 75, but that for anything 25 and over on those, they do buy one, get one. $75? Yeah, it'll be buy one, get one, so it'll end up being cheaper. Buy one, get one what? Like, um, buy one of the $25 or more variants like that and get one free. Get another $25 or more variant for free? Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah, next week is a little... I screwed up on how I order on Midtown, and I ended up with a $150 bill for next week. was not happy with that. That'll drop. I'll get charged on Monday, I think, is when that will actually charge. But they pulled everything. I can't cancel anything at this point. Wasn't too happy about that. Too many back issues or just a lot of stuff coming out at once? Yeah, it's the back issues. I thought I was ordering them for the following week because it's weird. There's time periods of where stuff happens in the midtown process. Noon on Friday is when you can't add anything more to your poll. Yeah. And then they can take, no, they can't actually noon on Friday is when everything's solidified for the next week. But then in the profile are your poll items, which I thought were for the following week, but are for this week. And those don't change until sometime next week. I don't know when it happens, but the polls for the week stay in your queue basically for longer than the back issues. I was working off of the previous week's poll. And I thought I had a little bit more headroom in there. Plus, they were running a special on Miss Marvel Comics, and I bought some for a lot less than they would have been worth otherwise. So I did knowingly buy a little bit more. But then the shipping went to the next level for some strange reason. Why I don't get free shipping on a weekly basis is beyond me. Because if you order over $85, you should be getting free shipping. But they tax that at the next level. It's not just the streamlined shipping. If you go over a certain amount, you get the bulk shipping, which is more. And then tax on top of that, it just drove everything up. It was like slightly over 100, but then with shipping and the tax, it was like 150. So I won't get those until Friday or Saturday, but yeah. So I got a funny story from the lake that I forgot to tell last week. Last night, my daughter was up there with her boyfriend. Everybody's like, go ahead, go take the pontoon. You can take the pontoon out and just, you know, enjoy the, you know, sit on the lake, just enjoy it. So they did. They didn't go far. They just went a little ways away from the cabin and we're just sitting on the back deck of the pontoon. There's kind of a sun lounging area back there. So they were just laying out on that. And I took my nephew fishing to the opposite part of the lake but i could still see everything but anyway we were fishing at the other end of the lake and uh, i starting to get dark and i get this phone call from my daughter she said 
hey, dad, the pontoon won't start. I'm like, okay, is the master switch on? No, the master switch is not on. So it drains the battery. That's why I was worried about it. She said, it started the last few times. We started the motor and we were drifting. So we started the motor and we motored up drift and then we started drifting back. I'm like, oh, okay. She said, yeah, it's just not doing it. I'm like, okay, just wait a second. I'll be right there. Now, the battery had just undergone a replacement with my father and my brother-in-law about a couple of weeks before the 4th of July. So we were concerned it was that. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll just tow you in. So I got up there, couldn't find a tow rope on the fishing boat. So I just threw him the anchor, literally the, the, my daughter's boyfriend threw him the anchor. And so he held onto the anchor and I towed him really slow. So he was like water skiing on the pontoon. Total, really slow back into the dock gets into there and on the way i texted my family pontoon broke help because there's nothing i could do in the boat towing the other boat they would have to help catch the pontoon against the dock so they were all on the dock and my sister was mad because she knew that my dad and my brother-in-law were going to be the pontoon was not working because they had just spent a lot of time and money fixing it and my sister, once it got to the dock and they got it stabilized, she jumps on the boat and she tries to turn the key. Same thing. Beep. No motor click or anything. So I'm like, it's obviously getting electricity. She didn't do anything wrong. I don't know. And she was just so frustrated. She didn't swear, but she just took her arms up, slapped them down, said, dang it. And she, in the process, slapped down the throttle. And everybody heard this giant click. We're like, what is that? The throttle had been placed back to neutral, which it needs to be in in order to start the engine. So my daughter had thought it was in neutral, and it wasn't. So her nickname (laughs) is now neutral. That's funny. What else is everybody doing this weekend besides editing? And dodging thunderstorms. We're pretending it's our anniversary tomorrow. Oh. So what do you got plans? Yeah, going to a restaurant or spending it with family or uh, we are spending it the opposite of with family because we see them way too often and we're gonna see them way too often after this. But yeah, going out to restaurants, a new place, and Kaylee knows the owner somehow. I can't remember how something with some previous job she had. And we recently picked up the marvel or the capcom fighting collection yeah and shredder's revenge so we're going to be playing those what's her favorite game she really really loves super puzzle fighter 2 turbo (laughs) have you played that one yet no you should it's a gem matchy game but you have street fighter and dark stalkers characters at the bottom of the screen fighting and how they're doing is based on how you're doing in the gem matchy thing. So it's pretty fun. Cool. That's neat. What's it called again? Super puzzle fighter Two turbo. <laughs> Capcom. All right. I had a coworker that was trying to get me to play Diablo three this weekend. He's been playing it for a long, long time though. I'd probably get my butt handed to me. So maybe I'll do this instead. You should. 
I mean, just get the whole collection, and then you can play fight, you know, Street Fighter and Dark Soccer's and Cyberbots. I am sad to say I have yet to play a game on this computer. I have not played a game yet. It's just been one thing after the other. Got the new computer, and then the roadcaster was coming, so I got the roadcaster. They got the new monitor. So yeah, I'm just looking. I need to straighten this up too. I did put the DBX 286s in an undermount underneath the left monitor in case I need them because I've been having all sorts of it. the. Do I sound okay to you guys? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the preamp is pretty clean, but I'm having to boost it by 55 dB in order to get the any sort of good recording levels off of it. I also had to boost your channel that you're coming in on. This has nothing to do with you guys, by the way. But I had to boost your channel all the way. Well, it only gives a, a level up to 0 dB. I've got you guys up to 0 dB, and I've got your fader all the way up. And like I said, it's nothing to, you, to do with you guys. It's my USB connection, the USB audio out into the Rodecaster Pro. And then I was having problems with the sound pads, too. Cameron. So you you obviously heard this during the show. I'm a biology teacher. I know how to dispose of bodies. Apparently, at least it's audible. So that's good. But I've also got that jacked all the way up too. So I'm, I, my confidence level and the recording levels of the Rodecaster Pro are not sound, but at least it sounds good. And the headphones are pretty good so i'm not hearing any distortion in that but anyway so i in case this ever fails and i have to go with something else i'm like i need to keep the dbx 2d6s at least one of them so i decided to keep both of them and i'm mounting them underneath the left monitor that has to be done tomorrow so it's just i i haven't had a stable week with this place and i know you both of you are changing your studios too like michelle you moved yours and cleaned it out and, and everything and chris i know you, your monitor hungry setup right now yeah michelle are you still on two monitors yeah i i installed the other monitor so you're so you you are on the smaller monitor and then i had the show notes and then i had like audacity over here so it's almost like having three it's kind of cool again is your second monitor like a 27 inch monitor no, it's smaller than that. I think it's a 24. Okay, 24 inch. I'll I'll send you a picture. I'm t- editing with the 34 inch monitor has been a game changer. I didn't think it would be like out of ev- all the changes to my studio, if I would have just changed the monitor and there was no way to do it because of the the audio rack in there, but if I would have just changed the monitor, that would have been such a huge add to my workflow that I didn't realize how much, just the way I work, not, not everybody needs it, but the way I work, I need a lot of uh, desk space. And the way we podcast is I have a lot of tracks because we all, all record our own tracks, right? So I have a, re- a track for each of us, plus then some other tracks like a, a sync track and where I'm syncing all the audio up to, which also has the video on it. So it's the video file. And then I have like, sound bites and stuff like that and to fit just us on the screen where we're all expanded so i can tell little bitty 
issues with our audio, like little bitty ticks, I'm, I'm able to take those out. You can't really see those on a smaller monitor, but you can definitely hear them. Like if I would have produced the show and the ticks would have been left in, and then I go out to my car, I can definitely hear them in the car. So I, I got to take them out because I know other people can too. And the best way to do that is to actually expand the track to make it taller so that I'm taking those little ticks, which when the track is smaller, you can't see, and I'm making them bigger, embiggening them, to use Ms. Marvel, right? Embiggening. And I'm able to take them out that way. Not only the side to side, but the top to bottom, because it's at a 2K resolution versus a 1080, has really helped out a lot. If I would have the same monitor at 4K, oh my gosh, but the same monitor at 4K is like $2,000. I'm not paying $2,000 for a monitor. Where I know in another five years, if I'm still podcasting, the monitor would be four or five hundred bucks. Did either of you two get anything for Prime Day? No, I did not. I got one thing for Prime Day, and I can't show it to you because oh, because it's underpants. You're looking at me through it right now. Oh, you got a camera? Yeah, I got a new webcam. I went with a Brio 4K camera, so it's got a slightly wider field of view so you can see more of my mask great but it's 4k so i'm thinking it'll help i was looking a little washed out and this will help sharpen my image at least in the recording so we record you guys come back and forth to me i don't know i'm guessing at 1080 but we record at 720 because that's what's free and i was definitely looking washed out at 720 so I'm hoping this will sharpen that up a little bit, as well as be a little bit better for, there's more advanced light features in there. I don't look like I'm nice and shiny on one side of my face. Although that could just be the light too. No, it's not the light. Anyway, so yeah, that was my personal big purchase, was the Brio uh, Logitech Brio 4K camera. And honestly, it wasn't that great of a deal, but I had been looking at it for a few months. Matter of fact, that was going to be the only improvement I made to my podcast studio in 2022 was I, I want a better camera. So I settled on the Brio Logitech. So I've been looking at it off and on for a while. And this was the third time I had looked at it where it was under $150. So I'm like, okay, I'll get it. So it wasn't necessarily Prime Day, but because of Prime Day, I looked and I was like, okay, I'm going to get it. So. That was my purchase. So you're going to run a multi-camera setup now? I don't think I can. I think it's the same driver that runs both the Brio and the 922. And I believe now the 920. I'd wanted to, but in order to do that, I got to boot up my laptop, which has a giant fan that won't stop. I turned to the same science fair project at least two years in a row. Same school? (laughs) Nope. Okay, there you go. That's the joy well, of being a military kid. Yeah. What'd your parents think? What'd your dad think of that? It was his idea. <laughs> Reuse the work. All right, I love it. Hero <laughs> Dammer's right here. <laughs> it's been on my desk for years. Got her in one of those little Marvel boxes, which I need to get rid of, actually. So if anybody wants a Marvel box, let me know. I'll ship you one. No, thank you. I'm already getting stuff out and getting more room 
in my space. Yeah, I can't wait for that. This thing gets stumped out. For those of you that are listening, I'm pointing back behind my chair here. This whole office gets stumped out this afternoon. So we'll see what it looks like next week. All right, Chris, you ready to go? Yeah, I guess we're just going to all have to do whatever. But you mentioned New Mutants, and you're just going to mention New Mutants? You said the words. I don't get that comic. Do you like the New Mutants? I do. Plus, I really just like Vita's writing. So what's going on in the story right now? (sighs) I don't think we have time for that right now. (laughs) It's a long time going. Okay. I'll have to read the insert, the, you know, the first page or whatever, because Marvel always gives you a backdrop. This is one thing I like about Marvel Comics versus DC, because at the beginning, you always get the, okay, this is your first issue of everything that you've ever read. read. This is what's going on in the story right now. And DC doesn't do that. If they did do that in the past, which I don't remember them doing, they've lost that ability. So if you pick up an issue of a DC comic right now, you have to read the whole thing or skim through it to figure out what's going on versus Marvel. You just read that little, it's about a paragraph, right? Paragraph to three paragraphs, three, three short paragraphs. Anyway, what's going yeah, on? Right? It's all easily one page when reality, like maybe half a page of just pure text. If it even gets that far. And it's got all the creators, all the credits for the book as well. So it's that page, not the page with the digital Re, um, whatever you call it, recall thing on it, but it's the uh, the credit page. All right, guys. Bye. 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 Legends of Shield is copyright twenty thirteen through twenty twenty two.